five, four, no, sorry, ten, <laughs> nine, three, five. <laughs> I'm just randomly saying numbers. Seven. Twenty-eight. Hundred and eight. Hundred and five. I win. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what the game was. Um, but actually, speaking of revenge, I saw your Instagram post earlier, and <laughs> revenge will be coming. <laughs> This is Mind Your Employment, brought to you by YQ Society. This series will be on all podcast streaming platforms and on YouTube. I'm Caitlin. So, James, what is today's subject? So, we all use that phrase, you know, workplace politics or office politics. But when I was thinking about this week's podcast, um, I actually realised something. I didn't know what that meant. You know, what is workplace politics? What Mm. is office politics? It's a phrase we all use, right? But what does it actually mean well i did a little research and so for everyone out there who doesn't know what workplace or office politics really is um it is apparently as old as officers themselves um basically it's the behavior of and relationship with sort of power and authority in the workplace it's basically describing the power and the behavior of using kind of social networking to serve yourself um, what that really means is like, um, you know, affecting change kind of for your own benefit. Um, it could be tangible, like getting extra money, or it could be intangible, like kind of status or pseudo authority over other people. So that's kind of what we're dealing with this week. It's we're looking at kind of workplace politics, office politics, um, and kind of really thinking about, you know, is it good? Is it bad? Or is it just human? Mm. So, James, I want you to start off. Why is there work politics and why is it a thing? Um, that's a really good question because, you know, like I said, we don't really grasp necessarily what it is to kind of the minutiae detail. So why mm. why do we all do it? You know, it's in every office, right? I don't think you can avoid yeah. it. I've never known an office kind of without office politics kind of to some degree. Um, no, yeah. So actually there's quite a few psychologists that have like a different kind of take on this. So some mm. um, kind of view it as a manifestation of the dark triad of personality traits, mm. um, which sounds much more exciting than it actually is. Um, it's not anything Harry Potter related, you know, the dark triad, but no, it's just psychopathy, narcissism and Machiavellianism. Mm. Um, so those things combined to create this kind of personality traits that are not the best to have and so it's kind of um seen in some regards as like a manifestation of those traits within certain people mm. however other people see it simply as just the way power gets sorted out between a large group of people day to day um and you know kind of much more mundane um you know in that regards i think it's somewhere in between i think i agree with you yeah because people's research i do think it's that there is sort of another reason to it behind it is that it goes back to there's several books on this but it goes back to tolerance and if you can't tolerate something as a human being we tend to react it's sort of a something's not constant there's a reaction you know for every action there's consequences right so mm-hmm in regards to tolerance, um, when people or like anyone, not even just like work office, but also at school, any realms of um, work environments, even if you're just in your own company, you know, a partnership, it doesn't matter. If you can't tolerate something, um, you instantly react to it, whether you mm. stir and cause work politics or you 
you know, you take action and cause work politics. Mm. And it dials down to, again, yeah, it's that human trait within us. Mm, definitely. Allows mm. us to have that conflicting interest, you know? You mm. you want, we all want that sort of, we strive to have that greater good. We strive to have that good, like, choices, make good life choices or want yeah. utilitarianism, right? We all want one thing to achieve the same goal however mm. the conflicting interest within us sort of t- makes us want to turn tides you know change the environment mm. especially yeah. like saying for instance like you know in a big company I, um, this is an example but you know everyone has the same mindset they all want to make the most amount of money make it more profitable you know sell more things help more people la di da di da but yeah. internally our conflicting interest is also the fact that we want power we want mm. money yeah definitely. we want all those things that you know sort of increases our status makes mm-hmm. us more important you know mm. puts ourselves in a stronger position don't you think mm. it's just like something yeah no definitely i think you know humans by their very nature are rarely mm. kind of truly altruistic there's always that kind of ulterior motive yeah definitely. um they always try and position themselves in a place where you've got that safety, security, and reward. Exactly. It's like survival instincts in a way, isn't yeah. it? So um, disagreements, vying for an easy life, are all part and parcel of that sort of human condition. Definitely. Um, you know, which is a, a motive within itself. Um, and obviously work by its very nature, unless you're kind of self-employed and you only work with yourself. Mm. And I hope if you are and you're working with yourself and <laughs> arguing with yourself, because that's, um, no, no, that's weird. But, um, you know, you have to deal with other people, right? And there's yeah. always going to be a balance between what you want and what they want and what the business wants um, as kind of like the third person kind of, you know, within this whole little kind of ecosystem. Yeah, um, and, you know, inherently humans are very emotional creatures and we're not necessarily always logical ones. No. Um, there's um actually it was who was it uh sigmund freud um compared Mm. humans to hedgehogs in winter specifically Mm -hmm. we need each other to stay warm but too close and we're going to prick one another and i think it's the same sort of concept in offices right like we need the team around us to get the work done yeah you know in a large company or a small company um basically any company greater than one the more kind of we're kind of forced into that environment we're all kind of vying and competing with our own interests and um, you know and our tolerances are set at different levels that actually we're inevitably going to um, you know prick one another um with what we're saying and what we're doing and how we're doing it and therefore we're going to get some form of office politics as we all try and kind of move our pieces around the board and and collect the power to kind of ensure our own you know safety security and reward so i think um you know it's played out in a lot of psychological research as well um psychologist robert hogan actually did a study into kind of understanding the underlying kind of workplace relationships mm-hmm. um and effectively boiled it down to sort of three kind of evolutionary needs or how, as he described them master motives mm-hmm. um it's the need to get along the need to find meaning or the need to get ahead yeah that's really interesting. I want to dial back to our primitive state. It's interesting because we are packed animals, right? We're very similar line of instinct to like wolves. Um, you know, we pa- we hunt in packs because that's the whole idea of like why we have this whole, you know, working as a community. There are we are mm. social animals. 
but it does back to when you know that sort of like survival survival of the fittest you know the, the primal alpha male la da 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 it all dials back to the way we, we interact with one another you know how mm. we exchange you know things how we like communicate like you said ulterior motives mm. were very much like that and i i don't think work politics is a negative thing because sometimes that's the way okay, interesting you kind of loop back and say look we there's a there's a crack in this whole structure of the company or whole relationship mm. of um the teams that's what you need to improve and i feel like maybe work politics is that instigation of how to improve that teamwork that company etc hmm. etc et because work politics i mean yes like james said it is the most oldest common sort of behavior around however we've had it before workplaces and offices ever begun you know and i think that is just all down to the way we our primitive state is we've always been like this you know you will always have two alpha males butt heads because that's a fight of like who's on top you know the whole um status of being safe you know putting yourself into a secure position and again we've always had that i even like okay i want to put put it to the um audience actually have you ever thought to yourself oh i wish i was king or queen or whatever it, whatever it is i wish i was the president like ruler you, of the world really <laughs> exactly yeah. you all have that conflicting mindset at the back you go oh, i wish i could be the top one yeah, yeah. and that's the same with this you know mm. same with what no one likes being like, like kind of the bottom of the ladder right Everyone no it's exactly. kind of um you know be kind of higher up the food chain um, but it's interesting, actually, that you said you you consider workplace politics you know, can be a good thing, because mm. um, I think more often than not, you say kind of, oh, there's workplace politics here. Let's have an exasperated sigh, because usually it's associated with negativity and, and toxicity. bad and yeah. toxicity as well. Exactly. Like mm. to me, like I think one of the primary motives for people who instigate kind of office politics mm -hmm. is due to their own innate uh, laziness um so the people who are in the office who don't necessarily believe in hard work and who create negative views of colleagues um kind of with their management in order for their own personal gains so they can kind of fly under the radar and kind of manipulate situations to kind of keep themselves you know safe secure and rewarded mm. while not necessarily putting in the same kind of level of effort um and i bet everyone you know in the audience and yourself too can think of someone in your workplace who does that or mm. who has done that in previous workplaces yeah. they've you know they've kind of manipulated kind of people um against other people um who maybe work harder than them to kind of make sure that they still kind of stay on top and if you're yeah. the hard-working one on the receiving end of that that can be a very difficult place to be so to me when i think of workplace politics i think of the negative um so it's really interesting that you said actually you know it's not all bad like it could be a positive thing it could be a good thing or actually it could just be a human thing i just think like in any event or any situation where you put a group of people who are all equally intelligent all all equally mm. capable of whatever they're trying to achieve you're always bound to have people to butt heads and like mm. to want to come on top of the whole group or you know to become leader yeah and it's not always a situation where like yeah you're right maybe it is a negative thing because having what politics can also like it brings everyone's mental health down because there's a whole stress element behind it yeah definitely. but 
especially when it's toxic exactly and and it's never a good thing i don't think work politics should ever happen but it does happen Mm. because Mm. you're you have a group of people who you know they work together yes they may be great at working together but they all have different ideas you know Mm. i have different ideas in comparison to what james may think and you don't always agree with one another especially i find it in certain situations like in a very overly micromanaged company you always find those people who are at the lower management scale really taking the most pressure because mm. they have no say or very little oh, say. Sure. Yeah. Mm. And I've been in that situation where like I've had no say and I've had basically loads of people tell me what to do, how to do it. And they're breathing down your back and you're thinking, well, I have no room to like be able to come out and do something of my own. And therefore, mm. again, it tests their tolerance. And I know mm. I'm going to dial back back to this point quite a lot, but tolerance is a huge like factor to what, the way people react. And if yeah. you can't, again, can't tolerate like um, overly micromanaged companies or micromanaged managers, you're mm. going to react some way. And I guess mm. work politics is a way to to like stir that commotion, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, or even deflect kind of attention from yourself in a way, exactly. or at least or form allies and, and allyships. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very typically you would find junior employees versus senior employees, and, mm. you know, in that kind of banding together to berate management. Um, mm. And who knows, maybe the management band together and berate the junior stuff. But it is very much normally a sort of an us and them kind of attitude, which mm. I think definitely, um, you know, creates that sort of pulling tensions between um, management and junior stuff especially in like high demand kind of companies you know I remember yeah. being in an organization that was very much like that it very much a sort of us and them kind of vibe to the point that it was almost like they were the enemy to try and kind of mm. rationalize and understand kind of you know how on earth they could be so erratic and, and come up with the things they were coming up with crossing that bridge um, kind of becoming senior management yeah and joining kind of the enemy if you like <laughs> um kind of that then how that changed that relationship and dynamic because all of a sudden you know i was viewed as one of the, you know one of the bad guys mm. one of the enemies like you are the bad guys um, and the, yeah sold my soul to the devil kind of thing and um, and it's really interesting to see that kind of di- dynamic shift because i think friendships is a huge motivator for office politics yeah um you know we will go out of our way to support and help our friends kind of over anything else yeah so this can be when you know they do something wrong we are supporting them but to other team members could lead to you know resentment especially if you're the manager right so Mm. if you're the manager and your friend messes up you're not going to want to have that difficult conversation necessarily of Mm. you've messed up you've got to put this right you're going to want to help them and support them make sure that they're okay because they're your friend and that's what you want to do kind of innately as a human who has you know who has a friend but you've got to think about how that's going to look to everyone else because that could lead to resentment from other colleagues who perhaps you would have the conversation with in a more direct kind of way so I think you've definitely got to have that balance but you also Mm. get work politics in between say for instance like favoritisms or popularity competitions or especially when someone's got like a bit of an edge against another person that Mm -hmm. tends to like stir work politics as well it is very toxic Mm. you know and it is not healthy for anyone because it's so much stress on you and it's so much stress for other Mm. parties who are also involved in that same you know contribution Mm. in collaboration and you can't avoid it to deny that you know work politics only works one way it could work Mm. very it could work across broad horizontally and 
you can't avoid it because mm. it's a human interaction behavior. It happens even just teamwork at university. I don't think it should be called work politics. It should be every <laughs> human politics. politics. <laughs> the politics of humanity would be the title of my first class. How did it make you feel being on the receiving end of workplace politics from someone who kind of a small step up from you? It's horrible. You know, I work at home. You can't avoid this situation. You think in a workplace, in an office-based role, you can't avoid the people because they're just yeah. sitting across the room to you or, you know, you have to still communicate with them. But mm. it's the same at home. I still had to communicate with these people i still have to like work with them in a collaborative way and therefore you can't avoid it and it seems mm. to manifest just because human beings do just butt heads and it creates a lot of pressure on you and i'm yeah, not sure yeah. if anyone out there know the same feeling that you know work politics creates such a it's such a turbulence right because mm. you're you now that you've got a demand from whatever your work requires of you and then you have that sort of extra layer of stress because your colleagues are not either supporting you or their argue debacle yeah. work politics that's added that extra layer and it's quite stressful but i really want to know something is that what is the motive behind work politics is it just strong by laziness or like do people actually do it out of because they're having fun with it because that's crazy you know i think it boils down to that you know those three kind of master motives the need to get along you yeah. need to get along with certain people and therefore mm. you may manipulate situations in order to get in your favor in your favor and in your court should anything go wrong with senior people you want those sort of support network effectively you have that need to get ahead you know like we said before you want to be the top dog you want to be higher up the chain you want to be king queen leader of the world whatever it might be so you may use office politics in order to angle yourself towards promotions and seniority yeah. or you know what i said at the beginning that sort of pseudo kind of power if you like over other people trumping um, trumping people but I think it's the third one, the need to find meaning that probably comes across as the most catty, even though it's probably the most innocent. Because yeah. that's the one where you're sort of questioning people's motives and why are they Very doing that and why are they doing this? Um, and it's probably because you just genuinely want to know. You're trying to find that meaning. You're trying to understand what's going on in this kind of weird work world that you found yourself in, especially if you're, you're new or something. But actually, that's the one that comes across as the most catty because it's effectively like saying, oh, why are you doing that? You know, that. So you're kind of trying to put down the people that are doing the work to try and stay on top of the kind of, um, you know, the pack as kind of leader or to try and kind of slip under the radar of management noticing maybe you don't really do a great deal. The kind of the old adage that more than three people in a meeting is you're never going to get anywhere. Let me know down in the comments if it's not three people <laughs> is it just or one? if it is three people. Is it just one person? Yeah, it's meeting more than one. I don't me. know. I can't agree with myself. I often lose that argument. <laughs> Basically, you're not going to get anything done, right? So if your company has like 1,500 people in it and you have a team of 20 people or whatever, all trying to do different bits, then inevitably you're going to get, you know, all sorts of problems. Maybe it's as simple as there's more than three people. I also want to know something because... um. The other day, someone said to me, the reason why someone reacts and starts to stir commotion or like starts to take action is because they predict something. And therefore, because of panicking of something mm. might prevail or something that mm -hmm. is foretelling or something is they've been forewarned by somewhere and therefore right. will be forearmed by it. And it's really interesting because I was like, mm. why do we do that? I know the whole saying, you know, be eight steps ahead. Why are we like that? Why is that such a strong behavior? Because mm. I feel like work politics stir because people are really foretelling something's going to happen because you mm. can always like feel the build up right you can feel oh yeah 
something's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, but mm, definitely, it's a sort of a sixth sixth sense, right? Mm, almost. We sort of take action or plan for action way ahead before it happens, and then therefore may look catty because now that we go, yeah. oh, well, you wanted that. No, yeah. we were trying to prevent it, but it looks it could be perceived in a different way and kind of been construed to look like we're the bad enemies mm, but it's mm. not you know and it's just so interesting because humans are like that because i guess mm. that's the whole idea of like revenge come on guys it's a very like seamless like sort of idea of like we wanting to take revenge but it's not like that the scenario of me like on the receiving end for work politics i saw it coming didn't do anything about it <laughs> took mm. the full hit not it's mm. not a motive i don't want to say that's a motive because it's way too mm. strong because then you're just convicting everyone and being <laughs> being the cause of work politics because it it takes you know two to tango right it takes more than just one person to create yeah, such sure. a commotion it's interesting because you don't normally act like this in your your group of friends mm. you know or do you, you? I, I have never had like politics like that with a great friend <laughs> I mean, mm. there is that. I obviously there's always been like friend, like dynamics and tensions. Yeah, but is that not just a subset of um, is it quote though? unquote office politics? You know, you've got let's say two of your friends and your group fall out with each other. Do they then not try and vie to get people on their side of that argument? Because I feel like I've experienced that before. Have you? I think you get friendship politics in the same way you get office politics. Effectively, what I'm saying is never know or interact with more than three people at any one time. That's the only way to avoid it. But actually, speaking of revenge, I saw your Instagram post earlier. <laughs> and revenge will be coming <laughs> but no in all seriousness i think it does all just boils down to that safety and security thing right yeah certainly you know, you're foreseeing things you think things are going to happen and mm. so in order to kind of secure your position to feel safe you may instigate office politics of or course. you may get involved in office politics one way or another but what i was actually going to do next is actually just give our audience some sort of telltale signs you know maybe yeah. be sitting here thinking oh well i don't know if there's office politics in my place so what are the telltale signs well there's a guy called david frankel and he gives us five telltale signs of no. office politics environment how you can spot office politics in your workplace yeah um yeah this is my new segment i thought um, yeah, yeah. give it a go james's so this guy, guide literally james's guide to understanding office politics here are the five top telltale signs <laughs> mm-hmm. so number one an individual's personal rewards do not align with organizational rewards so they want something um, and maybe they're getting something that isn't quite in line with what the business does or needs and does. that could be a sign <laughs> i gotta start again and the second one number two there is a system that needs mm-hmm. to be worked and the best navigators are the ones who get rewarded. So mm. if you ever feel like you have to kind of play the game or jerry-rig the system in order to get somewhere um, within your company, then actually that's probably a sign that it's quite a politicized environment. Usually, you know, feeling that need to play the game in order to get ahead is a very, very clear-cut sign of politicization. And it's the ones who are getting ahead who are probably the ones who are manipulating it in a really good way for their own gain and therefore are the causes of the politics that's interesting because i was just thinking is it like obviously this is bordering between like being nice and then now being nasty or catty Mm. but it's favor 
doing a favor added to this point i think it could be you know if you mm. do it depends who you're doing a favor right if you if you do and it comes back to that kind of level of altruism you know and what the favor is you know it's mm. a whole kind of combination of factors here but if it's a fairly innocuous favor to a senior manager you might want yeah. to do it but never kid yourself that you're doing it because oh it's the right thing to do or it's a good thing to do no no one is 100% altruistic and I think it's naive for anyone to say that they are yeah. or that they know someone who is it's 100%. not true like, and sure they may be a wonderful person they may be doing a good thing mm -hmm. but they still want something for that right um, mm. you know they want that level of recognition even if it's as simple as someone really senior saying thank you yeah that's still a reward within itself and so it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a promotion or money or, or, or whatever else or a favor in return but yeah I definitely think it could you know play a part and everyone has that ulterior motive so the third one is that urgency often takes backseat to process and so the stakeholders in the status quo become threatened by any sort of change so have you ever been in a situation where something really does need to get done but unless it follows this exact you know one two three four five process oh, yes. um people get a bit on edge about that and maybe they start argument or debate i do um, a story ooh do tell um we have a really big client and obviously the way they carry out certain tasks and certain things need to be done it follows the system right like you said from a to z client was like look we need quickest turnaround that you can think of and we've received it mid-afternoon as well so we kind of need it next morning so a lot of the things that we need to do is obviously quality checks just in case we give it back to the clients all the other colleagues were just trying to rush to get it through right a lot of the managers were honing down on like just like going through step by step and we didn't really mm had the the time either and also we didn't yeah. have the resources you're kind of sort of stuck to keeping mm -hmm. that workflow but also stuck yeah. with like you've already committed with this like mm -hmm. quickest quick turnaround yeah and it, everyone started to panic everyone started to feel sort of a huge pressure on them because now that they want to follow all the steps you know from a to z yeah. but they don't want to miss anything i remember in the morning everyone was waking up really early just to get it done and obviously let's be honest with you the whole process from a to z was not going to be completed into in a mm. 24 hour by the time we got it to the clients it was late afternoon and we had to obviously apologize for that and did you find the relationships within the team fragmented people yeah to another tender. people very tender. Um, yeah and i know this it could be is a big leap but this is where name blame came in very quickly hmm. whose fault is it yours mm -hmm. mine yeah. no it it's all of our fault because we're a team but no yeah. one thinks like that right they need no, no, someone no. to go you're yeah. the blame you know Safety, your security push this onto someone else it's so like, i i'm safe and so oh, I, yeah. I did my part but you didn't so it's your fault no yeah. collaboration work yeah. you take the blame with everyone else yeah you come to realize that you, you no longer really enjoying the environment because it becomes yeah. toxic. the team toxic. isn't really a team it's no a collection of people serving their own goals you see yeah. everyone's true color and that's when yeah. you start to understand well i don't want to be in a team like that you know unfortunately i was at the end of the position as well you know i was the one of the last people who had to do the final qcs and it was just like yeah. well that sort of environment no matter good you are at that job you'd always feel like crap yeah. and that should yeah. be the case definitely tell us your stories let us know if you've ever been in any of these situations and then i'm gonna let james go on to the fourth and fifth point okay so number four people who do not regularly produce results don't mm. get fired or reprimanded. We've all been there, right? We've mm. all been in an office whereby we are putting in the graft, we're putting in the hours, mm. we're putting in the work. 
we may or may not be getting you know praise or thanks or reward for that work um but what we do see are other people not pulling their weight not doing their part not playing their part not being mm. part of the team um but nothing happening to them as if they are you know above the rules or they've done something in order to protect themselves or you know who knows maybe they have incriminating photos of the manager and so they get away with everything <laughs> whatever it is they're not getting reprimanded they don't get fired telltale sign that you've got office politics going yeah. on and the last one um number five the average employee has little knowledge of and visibility into any of the company's wider decision making mm. so i think the company needs to be really transparent in terms of how and why it does what it does mm -hmm. especially with its employees if you want them to buy into your culture your ethos your work and what's going on and why it's going on yeah as soon as the average employee doesn't really know why or what you come back into that need to understand you know that mm. um, that motive uh, and then you might get office politics and that oh well they're just doing this because you know what you know they're stupid whatever the reason might be mm. um because there's no understanding that you've got no meaning you don't understand the context behind um behind the action you don't understand the no. why behind something um and so you that's probably the biggest one to create the sort of the us and them um you yeah. know the staff versus the management yeah. um sort of tensions and dynamics other negative indicators um, or other indicators rather could include some sort of perceived distance as well between the junior employees and the executives mm. um you know have you ever worked in a company where you don't really know who the ceo is you know your environment you don't really know who they are or what they do or why they do it and i've often found that i've been in companies where i've looked at certain senior managers and gone what do you actually do um because i can't work it out you know i genuinely cannot work out yeah. what they're doing for seven eight hours a day especially those who have those wonderful titles but no input <laughs> and i've met Literally. them you know like the vice yeah. president of the directors of managers of <laughs> something exactly. and you look at them and you're so. like yeah Hi. Sure. You. And, and, and what do you do exactly? Yeah. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Good. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Mm. How'd you get there? Well, yeah. favors. <laughs> Ironically, this leads into closed door meetings with executives where the information isn't then discussed or digested to the rest of the organization. Yeah. Um, I think closed door meetings among senior management is necessary to an extent, but you always want to be putting a message out there, like especially in a small company, I think, right? Mm. You know, if all of the directors of a small company are having a closed door meeting and no one else knows, it's inevitable that someone, if not everyone of the people who are not in that meeting are going to start talking about, oh, what are they talking yeah. about? Are they going to fire someone? Are we being laid off? Are they not happy with us? Are they going to give us more targets? Yeah, Because um, I think everyone has that sort of weird self-guilt thing going on where everyone always thinks they've done something wrong even though they probably haven't no but um, it's true i just and that kind of self-depreciation mm. um and so you never think oh they're gonna give us a raise oh they're no. gonna give us all promotions it's always mm. the negative side we do a really funny thing you know i, I don't know if people have done this it's happened when i've been in the actual office where you know when two people stand you know on the corridor just talking to one another and mm -hmm. you know the desk are just a little bit on the side and they're talking talking and then they look at that person and then they talk 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 <laughs> that moment yeah. that incident when you're thinking and it may be not catty it may not be no, in any no. way they're talking about you they're just no. having a look around yeah, yeah. of the whole day like yeah. yes but like that closed door meeting 
it creates tension. It mm. creates that sort of like, oh, that person's talking about me. I already know it. Especially it, if they're not... your manager, right? Yeah. Um, the last the last kind of maybe telltale sign, I think, is that the star employees, you know, those kind of outstanding people in the workplace, the ones who get everything done, they smash every target, leave because they don't necessarily see any sort of path to advancement or they're not getting the recognition mm. they think they deserve. So when you're like your top performers are leaving your business, um, especially when the business isn't failing, you know, the business is uh, failing in the sense of, um, you know, fiscally as a business, right? Mm. You know, it's going from strength to strength as a business. Why would someone who's at the top of their game yeah. leave that environment? Yeah. Well, it could be because of office politics. It's true. What If you're the best, you know, the creme de creme, you're great at your graft, you know, you're mm. actually, in fact, the most successful. You're, why would you want to leave? Because a lot of, of great workers tend to bail not because of the work but because of the politics because of the pressure they're receiving from Mm. the sort of bureaucracy of the company all invokes this whole behavior would naturally put someone off i would be put off and i've been in those situations where you know where people who are i'm working with lovely people you know they're great colleagues and some Mm. of them are now friends but the politics is so great it makes the work not enjoyable anymore. Mm. And that's why big companies, small companies, businesses lose good workers, good yeah. employees, good friendships as well, just because of yeah, work politics. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. If we are accepting that work politics is a thing, it is a part of human nature, yeah. it is going to exist in literally every business yeah. with an employee it's count be greater life than one, uh, potentially life politics. <laughs> How do you win? Oh, very good question. So how to win office politics? We have to stop thinking. And I'm now reaching out to individually every person out there. There is never, ever in any scenario, just one choice. You know how our minds sort of panic and that in that sort of cinematic way where we just zoom in on one small point. And we're mm-hmm. so adamant about that one point that, you know, we fall fight life and death to it. It has to be red. Why? It just has to be. Yeah. Why? I don't know, but just be red. <laughs> and it's not like that. You, <laughs> I love the color red. We so easily reduce ourselves to one point, mm-hmm. one choice. Why? Yeah. There are more than one choice out there and you need yeah. to be open-minded. You need to yeah. allow yourself to have more options, you know, and that's the same thing about like tolerance. <laughs> you, when you mm-hmm. can't tolerate that something can't be a certain thing, you start yeah. to like become really violent about it and therefore just narrow it down to one thing when there isn't yeah. there's more choices yeah. there are other colors you don't have to be red no <laughs> yes exactly thank you james <laughs> the the next one will be just to don't get don't make it personal don't get it personally yeah. don't take sides don't get me wrong we naturally as a social animal and i'm going to go back to this our primitive state we like mm. to take sides we like to mm. bundle up at, become allies oh who's the strongest party and it's the same with and i will bring this in sports football you you look at the charts and you go oh that team's the top that's the best team i'll take that team they will yeah. lose one day and you go oh, don't want to be in their team anymore don't take sides at work because mm. you're just adding fuel to the fire Mm-hmm. You know, you're making, you're escalating an issue that may just be really easily resolved. And then that's the same with t- making it personal, adding personal facts to it to make it, to have that sort of human empathetic side work play on 
to our favor. It's not the way of doing it. Yeah. A lot of people they, make they it personalize something that's professional. And then the, the third point is to seek to understand. This goes back to mm. my example before this is that there is more than one choice and therefore you need to understand the situation. You know, you need to have that broad mind and understand everyone's views and mm. why they, why, what is triggering them to think that. what's causing this reaction what's the consequences of these reactions and you know before leaping to the answer consider every options and there's a really famous saying and i don't know who said it and i I want someone to actually come and comment down below and let us know who said this people tend to listen to respond quick to respond but fail to listen Mm. to understand Mm. we're so quick to like react yeah he said what she said, what? No, wait, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Understand the content, you know, understand mm-hmm. what's been you know, put across before, you know, mm. taking that reaction, before leaping down someone's throat and be like, you said this, he said this, she said this. You know, we're not in some sort of um, soap drama where we need to react no. in such a way. <laughs> we have time to like, you know, understand, digest mm. what the information would be given. And this is going back to that point of winning right you Mm. have to go through these steps to win and this was mentioned in the art of war you know by sun tzu you know you have to see your you have to understand your opponents you have to understand what the situation is before Mm. attacking or actually be in a defensive position and take Mm. the back seat for once and always drive the nail in because it doesn't mean you succeed in these sort of situations no not at all i mean have you been in a position where you actually just had to take the back seat and let Um, it ride out i find myself doing that more often than not i don't Mm. care for office politics i don't necessarily get involved with them when i do see it yeah. i just kind of overlook it and kind of move, move on to getting a cup of tea or something more productive but it's more um, peaceful definitely more peaceful yeah. so it's a much less stressful way to to live your working life <laughs> not to get involved and just go drink tea um than it is to like <laughs> you know stand around the water cooler and like discuss so and so and why they're doing what they're doing mm. and i just don't care <laughs> quite if i'm perfectly honest and i have actually said that to someone once um you know they want an ally clearly and whatever it was they were um, yeah. trying to deal with and like gets people on their side against someone else who from yeah. what i could tell had done nothing wrong you know talk yeah. to that person like a responsible adult or if it's a real grievance that you have go talk to hr i am neither yeah. of those things don't bother talking to me <laughs> no um, absolutely it's the best way of act as if you're for hearing for the first time mm-hmm. simply because you would understand what the situation is before making a choice making mm-hmm. a reaction it sometimes doesn't require it it will settle down yeah. itself i think there's a lot to be said as well for kind of feigning ignorance in a way like mm. even if you do know quite a lot about a certain situation just assume you don't know it or just yeah. uh, make it seem like you don't know anything because then you can kind of play that innocent bystander and just kind of get on with your work and fly under the radar and to just to concentrate all the points about how to win office politics is know what you're trying to achieve what's the end goal Mm -hmm. because everyone shares that end goal focus on your circle of influences so if you're working with a small team don't get other teams involved 
it's not a big contest. We're not in the Olympics. You're working. <laughs> Focus on your small team. You know? And again, you have choices as well. You're not reduced to one choice. And there shouldn't be just one choice because then, you know, there's so many factors that get involved. And then that's what stirs a lot of issues. The last few points I have as well is that you have to listen. And this is going back to seeking to understand is listen. Mm-hmm. Because great managers or great staff know when just to be quiet and listen and understand the yeah. situation the work politics can be turned around to actually achieving something for the team member as a manager as mm. a director or one of those pretty name titles i do not know which one <laughs> <laughs> the final point is that you know keep yourself to yourself you don't need to be you know getting yourself involved into anything you don't mm. need to add personal facts facts into the situation don't personalize the argument you know let yourself be less vulnerable to be Mm. attacked um no just remember really there are other colors that doesn't have to be red (laughs) as well as that there are other ways that it can be reduced within Mm. you know an organization um and this is where i'm going to kind of look directly at camera and do a pitch direct to any management people out there who are listening or watching i mean are you management (laughs) Oh, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> well, then, there we go. You know, I really think that to get rid of work politics in an environment, it has to come from management. It has to come from company values being put above personal ones and kind of nip in the bud any sort of self-serving behaviours mm. that you spot within your teams. Everyone should be accountable for their own yeah. actions. None of this, like, Teflon-coated members of staff just sort of slipping the blame onto other people. Like, that exactly. can't be a thing. Mm. Everyone needs to kind of rise above it and be a little bit more grown up i think and also stop rewarding it you know it's a sad truth that people who play the game often win and they're the ones that are getting promoted and getting the financial reward so yeah. why would they give up playing that game or stop it being played by others if they've got reward from it um and so foster that culture within your management that actually you're not going to allow these no. um, you're not going to reward people who play office politics no um you're actually going to do what you probably should have done six months ago and fired them um, so because there really is no space for it but if your management has won the game by playing office politics to get to where they are they're never going to stamp it out and so the cycle perpetuates kind of endlessly and forever so now is the time to act if you're in management stamp out office politics in your workplace and we can all be happy i also want to add another point um to reduce work politics is um just be transparent you know get everyone involved everyone Mm -hmm. is just more than that company asset we're all human you know add human like recruiting people add human back being employees employers because the company may be employing you yes you're still human like you can't put that much weight of like you know oh you're just another thing you're, yeah, num- you're, yeah. you're number 201 no it doesn't work like yeah. that you know as you said in our intro add the human back to human resources you know we work best mm-hmm. when everyone has equal they're on a transparent equal plane everyone working at the same rate towards the same goal and mm-hmm. we all appreciate each other we're all helping each other out we're all being transparent yeah. it's so easily done but where people would take sides and that needs to be reduced. We all on one side, you know, team red and team blue are not going to manifest itself and then like <laughs> break down after the work politics. You're... Let me guess, you're on team red? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and you, blue? Uh, I think just for just for amusement, yeah, it'd have to be yeah. blue. Yeah. Um, you, you're all on one team. At the end of the day, you still work for one person, one company. company. 
yeah, or what, exactly. you know one business you know unless yeah. you're doing it for like social events that's awesome i think you know we all do need each other um yeah. you know but do remember you know like freud said we are all hedgehogs in winter yeah you know, while we do need each other we need that camaraderie we need that support when things get a little bit tense we may end up pricking one another and just mm-hmm. remember it's not personal uh, yeah and if it is personal speak to hr because that's a completely different topic but for now hopefully you don't have work politics if you have any stories you have any comments Mm -hmm. um leave them down below we'd love to hear from you but please also get involved join in and follow us we are at yq society on all social medias instagram youtube facebook and twitter all of the links are down in the description below as james has said please get involved we actually really love to hear your stories and it could be mentioned as an example in the future we would love to hear from you and um i hope that this actually fixes work uh, politics for you or if not actually improve um work environment so it doesn't contain work politics and reduce it we would love to hear from you till then take care take care